Hello, friends. It's Jim Nance, and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the player swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, Bernhard Langer, the man of the week. He gets his win at the Dominion Energy Charity Classic. 42nd win on the PGA Tour Champions. Breaks a record as the oldest player to ever win on that tour, which is crazy. 64 years old, a month and change. And just to set a scene for this interview, it was at the Country Club of Virginia in Richmond, and it was on the Wednesday before he won. So we sat down. Uh, a couple of the tables out there on the on the deck on the patio uh, of the golf course and caught up for about we had about 15 minutes covered so many different topics so forgive me for jumping all over the place here so we covered the masters his favorite hole at augusta national uh sweet tooth what what he craves uh he's such a fit guy but he loves sweets so we get into that as well uh Huge instructional tips as well for a number of parts of the game. Driving, he's been such a good iron player over the years. Chipping, bunker play, we cover all of that. Uh, so we'll get to it here in just a minute. And before we get to it, EncoreGolf.com, check out their Vero X1 Golf Ball, their newest tour ball. Delivers an unprecedented combination of distance, accuracy, control, and feel. I've been using it here really for about the last year. I've really enjoyed the results, especially around the greens too. A lot good feel around the greens. Um, it leverages unique perimeter weighting technology to maximize the moment of inertia. And the Vero X1 will take even the best golfer's game to an entirely new level. So check it out at EncoreGolf.com. You can use my promo code B, the letter B, Clubhouse, and get 10% off from their merchandise when you order online. All right, Bernhard Langer here on Beyond the Clubhouse. All right, here with Bernhard Langer, um, 42-time European Tour winner. How does that sound? What does it mean to you? Only trailing Seve Ballesteros. Well, it's always fun to win. That's what we work for, what we train for. And once you've experienced, uh, you know, holding up a trophy and uh, that, that winning feeling, you want to have it again and again. And I've been very fortunate to have won, I think it's 118 tournaments worldwide as a pro. Uh, so extremely fortunate. And uh, yeah, I've had some great times in Europe uh, playing, you know, representing the European Tour in Ryder Cups and uh, and representing Germany in the World Cup and, and uh, the continent in the Hennessy Cup. So played all over the world and uh, seen a lot of things, met a lot of people and had some good times and, and had some tough times too. Yeah. And as a father um, and grandfather as well, like how do you lead your family when you're traveling so much? Like what is that back and forth like? Yeah, it's always been a challenge to you know, make my schedule where I don't overdo the golf and have enough time for the wife and the kids and now the grandkids. And uh, that's every year it's a challenge to find that balance uh, between work and private life. Um, but, you know, hopefully I did a decent job there uh, the last 40 years and continue to, to do that where I pace myself and make sure I get enough rest and time for other things than just golf. I know in the past you mentioned sweet tooth that you have a just a you can't get away from it so what is an example give us an example you like to have a couple donuts or like what's the go-to sweet? 
No, not necessarily donuts, even though I eat every once in a while a donut. But, um, you know, growing up in Europe, I actually like a lot of uh, cakes or tarts or whatever. It doesn't have to be extremely sweet. I like chocolate, I like ice cream, and, and I like a lot of cake stuff. So it's easy for me to find sweets <laughs> because it's everywhere <laughs> and it's, it's actually hard to stay away from it. So, um, you know, there's many a days when I have something and uh, I probably need to cut back on, on that because as the met metabolism slows down getting older you don't need to eat too much of that Yeah, I know uh, at the grocery store my parents used to buy Zacher Tort uh, that chocolate cake which was just I was addicted to forever as a, as a young youngster. Um, I want to talk about Augusta for a little bit. Top three favorite holes for you at Augusta National Wow, well, my, my one favorite may be number 12. I think it's one of the, maybe the most beautiful par five. And it's a risk-reward hole, and it's... Or 13, you mean, the, the uh, along sorry. the water? <laughs> yeah, 13. <laughs> You're 64, I'll give you a break. I act like I've never been there, yeah. No, 13, the par five, sorry. Um, it's, uh, you know, just beautiful for the eye, but also challenging, and you can make a, an eagle, and you can make a seven in a heartbeat, so... I, I love that hole, and there isn't a bad hole on on that golf course. But if you if I have to have two more favorites, um, not sure. Um, you know, the that they're all really good. I, Twelve is not really my favorite, but it's it's a heck of a golf hole. That par three, you know, very short, yeah, uh, water not green. not long, but very tough. Small green water bunker wind <laughs> everything there um, and so not sure I, I find four and five really difficult difficult holes doesn't mean they're my favorites they're just extremely hard golf holes so I really don't have a favorite except 13 uh, that's the bottom line at this point, after winning twice in 85 and then 93 and then being in a second-to-last group in 2016, beating Jason Day that Saturday, what was it, uh, I guess, for you, favorite Augusta memory? What really stands out? Well, that there, again, there's more than one, but maybe winning on Easter Sunday was probably the all-time favorite for me. You know, I, I won in 85, my first Masters, which was very exciting, but then... Eight years later, I won it again, and this time I was a believer at that point in time, believer in Jesus Christ, and it was Easter Sunday, so uh, it was a very special day uh, in my life, and to, to be able to win the green jacket on Easter Sunday was just, uh, I'll never forget that, no matter what. And you were very close to history on, when Jack won in 86, you put the jacket on Jack Nicholas, and then when Tiger won, you were the last person in 2019, the last person to shake his hand before he went into uh, the scoring area. So you were really a part of it. You would have heard the crowd. You would have been close to the two big-time legends as they finished there. What, how did those compare? Well, they were both exceptional. Uh, I was in contention when Jack won in 86. I was just playing either right before him or right after him somewhere out there on the course and hearing all the cheers. And then when Tiger won uh, just a couple of years ago, I was in the field too and played. And, and again, I heard the cheers and uh, it, it was amazing. You know, the, the place was on fire. It was just, uh, it was different and you, you could sense it, you could hear it, you could feel it. And they, they both made uh, history in the game of golf. 
a difference in crowds at all? Anything to compare there? Because those are two of the most famous Sundays, really, in major championships almost. No, Augusta is always packed on Sunday. It's sold out no matter what. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, too, two shots you have back in your career. Where would you use them? Two shots. Uh, probably the putt at 91 Kiowa Ryder Cup and then on the last hole. And then maybe uh, a, also a putt on the first hole of the 85 British Open, I think. Um, I missed a shortish putt on the very first hole. And uh, that shook me up, and I never quite recovered the rest of the day. Uh, so I would, I would love to have mulligans on those two. Yeah, it just lingered with you there in '85. Yeah, it just you know, it's I was in the lead. I was co-leading uh, the Open Championship, and that was always one tournament I wanted to win really bad. And that was a really good chance to win it. And then you know, missing that putt didn't help on the on the first hole uh, in the, on Sunday. So uh, if, if I would have made that putt, I think it would have been a different outcome. Well, when we look at, um, the, you mentioned European Tour, the Ryder Cup being part of teams. What's a favorite memory from when you won as captain? Wow, there were so many great memories that week because we yeah, it, was, it was such a brilliant week. Nothing went wrong whatsoever. But... Uh, you know, just the camaraderie in the team room, and then also, you know, the the prayers we had uh, with my with my co-captain Anders Forsbrand, you know, in the morning every day, and and with my wife, and that that was pretty special. But there were, you know, many many other uh, exceptional moments that week that uh, I will always remember. I know that ping pong is often played in team rooms and Ryder Cups, and you mentioned ping pong a lot as one of your hobbies you love. So, so give us an idea, listeners, an idea of one of your favorite matches you've had, whether in a Ryder Cup against your players there in 04 or just in general. Yeah, I just love ping pong. I played it all my life, and somebody started putting up a ping pong table at some Ryder Cup, and then it became a tradition. And uh, there's a lot of good, really good players, and uh, I thought I was pretty good till I played against Anders Forsbrand and he beat the heck out of me and then uh, Thomas Levy was pretty good from France as well he was on my team so and, and I heard Matt Kuchar is really good and Ben Crane I played with him so it, it's it's fun it's just a great game and uh, something you could do at any age and and you know whether it's raining or snowing outside how much of this Ryder Cup did you watch uh, the one recently here with Harrington very little because I was competing at Pebble Beach uh, in a tournament and uh, so I didn't get to see a whole lot but I tried to grab as much as possible in the evening or a little bit in the morning and uh, yeah it seemed very lopsided the uh, US team seemed very strong and dominant and I think uh, they're gonna be dominant here for a little while they have a lot of great young players many of them and Europe is is lacking in that department a little bit right now so uh, they're going to have their hands full the next few years. Um, in the last five minutes here, what couple uh, young players on the American side really come to mind impressed you? Well, there's there's a whole lot of them, whether it's Justin Thomas or Morikawa or I, I keep forgetting some of the names now. But but there's, there's a, you know... Patrick Cantlay, Xander Schauffele, a lot of good ones. Those two, you know, you, you pair them together, you're going to have your hands full. You know, anybody, doesn't matter who you put up against them, they they're going to give you a fight and uh, yeah so it's it's exciting for the PGA Tour 
to have this kind of talent and and these young guys competing and um, as I said I, I don't see that amount of talent on the European tour at this point in time but that can change within a few years so we'll see um, I want to talk game improvement here for these last four or five minutes um, driving the topic of driving how can we and you play in pro-ams all the time you play with amateurs all the time but how can we really improve our driving um, just in general what, what are some good tips for that well it's it's to me mostly in the address position if you have a good grip and a good address position then you have much more chance to make a good swing and if you're lacking in the grip department and the address you're going to struggle and it's going to show more with a driver than any other club because it's the driver has a longer shaft, less loft, so you create more side spin, and the ball goes further. You know, wedge, you hit 120 yards or whatever, and uh, you know, driver goes twice as far. Say, so any mistake will show up much more with a with a driver than with a pitching wedge. You've been such a good iron player over your career. Uh, what with iron should we really are, are some good ways to, to get some instant um, feedback. Well, you want to, I think with an iron, it's not how far they go, it's how consistent they go, you know, so I don't care if you hit your 9-iron as far as I hit my 7-iron, I'm interested in hitting my 7-iron every time the same number, you know, within plus minus one or two, that's what my goal is, uh, there's people out there that, that, you know, all they care about is how far it goes, that it's not, that's not important for an iron. The driver you want to hit far, but an iron you want to hit consistently the same distance so you can count on it uh, and try and get it close to the hole. Um, and then technique with, with chipping. I know we, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves when we're chipping, but what are some good kind of mental thoughts as we, as we chip? Well, most people don't trust the loft on the club. They scoop it, they try and help it up in the air, and they flick their wrists at it. And I'd, I'd like to see people use more of the bigger muscles the arms and shoulders and the body rotation and leave the the wrists out of it and let the club the loft of a you know sandwich has 55 degrees loft to 56 that's plenty loft to get the ball up in the air you don't need to help it so you know hit the hit the little ball first and then the big ball that's the goal <laughs> the earth yeah uh w- bunker play i know a lot of times uh, i was talking to chris demarco and he said that's the one shot in golf where you don't really hit the ball like you're hitting the sand what what's a good mentality for us or for you to say towards amateurs regarding bunkers well i, I always or often see again people they don't open the club face they put the bunker club square in the sand and when you do that you you dig more so I encourage them to open it up and it's scary at first because they think they're going to shank it or whatever so I try to encourage them to open it up swing harder at it because the more club head speed you create the more spin you create and don't hit the ball hit the sand in front of the ball and if you do that a few times and see that it works you know and then you build trust and you allow it to happen and instead of again scooping it and doing all sorts of things wrong it's mostly technique and technique can be learned yeah. uh, technique with putting what's a good way to improve that um, it, we get so negative out there on the putting greens but what's a good way to improve our putting well it all depends you know putting is so individual and there's so many different ways of doing it I think there's two two important factors in putting one is reading the green 
you don't read the green or the putting lane correctly, you have no chance. And secondly, it's the speed of the putt. So you need to read greens and you need to have proper speed. Otherwise, you're not going to make a lot of putts. And then the last question is, uh, can you list off for me everything that's in your bag, like your clubs and the ball you're using? Holy moly. <laughs> I put you on the spot there. Yeah, I got a ping driver, then I have a tailor-made 3-wood, um, Adams 2-hybrid and 3-hybrid. Like um, then uh, um, Tour Edge, 4-iron, four, 5-iron, four 6-iron, 7-iron. Uh, 8-9 iron is from uh, club maker in Texas um, pitching wedge is again tour edge sandwich is Cleveland and uh, lob wedge is Titleist I'll make sure I check with uh, Terry Holt on uh, some of the details your caddy your trusty caddy on that as well uh, but hey great having you on the podcast I appreciate you coming on Bernhard very welcome Garrett all the best Take care. Enjoy those little kids. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so it's a short chat there with Bernhard Langer. I was really entertained by some of the, the discussion of the sweets and his favorite go-to sweets there. And, of course, the instruction was great, too. I love uh, the advice about the driver and the grip and how important the grip is for our driving, especially that club. Um, but yeah, a lot of good topics we covered. Again, forgive me for jumping in all over the place, but I only had about 15 minutes with him there, as I said, on the Wednesday of the tournament, which he would end up going on to win and beating such a strong field, included Phil Mickelson, Ernie Els, all the big players. Uh, Miguel Angel Jimenez, one of the hottest players on the tour as well. So this guy is truly the ageless one. Really fun to follow uh, Bernhard on uh, his career and seeing how he's progressing. So anyway, hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll catch up soon here on Beyond the Clubhouse.